Thank you, Wendy. Morning, everyone. My name's Danny. If you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you for everyone who complimented me on my shirt walking into church um, this morning. I first saw this shirt um, flung over the top of a change room door in a, in a clothes shop, and I rejected it. No, give me a blue one. Uh, and Dominic says, just try it on. Just try it on. Um, and I've learned something this morning. This is my new favourite shirt. Because <laughs> other people like it. Um, are you ready to learn something new that you didn't know today? Why don't you turn to someone, say hello to them if you haven't seen them yet, and tell them, I'm ready to learn something new from God um, today. Just do that now. Spin, have a chat. Okay. That's awesome. So this is the last, um, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 12, so turn your Bibles on or open them up, 1 Samuel chapter 12. This is the last installment in our Warrior Prophet series, this is the life of Samuel uh, in the Bible. Uh, this, is the, uh, this is the handover, this is... Uh, when, sent, when Israel has asked for a king, we've heard about that, Pete um, Harris spoke to us a few weeks ago about that. Israel has asked for a king, and God has said, yes, give him a king. And so this is uh, Samuel saying, all right, now I'm handing over responsibility for leadership from this point on. 1 Samuel chapter 12, starting at verse 1, then Samuel addressed all Israel, I have done as you ask and given you a king. Your king is now your leader. I stand here before you, an old grey-haired man, and my sons serve you. I have served you, I have served as your leader from the time I was born to this very day. So, this really struck me and I read this again. I have served as your leader from the time I was born to this very day. Remember we we heard about the uh, origins of Samuel when he grew up in that with Eli in that corrupt nation, in that corrupt priesthood. And then God spoke to him, and then increasingly God spoke to him, and he relayed the things that God had said, and eventually he is the military leader for Israel, and he's championing their cause against their enemies, and he's expanding the nation's boundaries. And, um, and, put, and the Philistines were quietened, really, through the whole time that um, Samuel was in charge, if you like, of Israel. And we read in chapter 7, just a little snapshot, Samuel continued as Israel's judge for the rest of his life. Every, each year, he traveled around, setting up his court, first at Bethel, then at Gilgal, then at Mizpah. He judged the people of Israel at each of these places. Then he would return to his home at Ramah, and he would hear cases there too. And Samuel built an altar to the Lord at Ramah. In fact, the only thing that Samuel built in his whole life that's recorded in Scripture is monuments to, here's what God did. Here's what God did. So he's a leader his whole life. Now, those of you who have ever been in leadership, you understand the, the lure 
of the title and the kudos and the position and the, and the pride that goes with the platforms um, that we stand on. So for, for Samuel, for his whole life, he's led. He's been, that's been his whole purpose and identity and job and everything. This is all he's done from boy to old gray-haired man is lead this nation. And look at what's been achieved. You know, peace, not just between the tribes, but within the land entirely and with their, and, and peace against their, you know, as opposed to their warring nations around them. And then the people come to him, you understand this, and they say, we want a king to rule over us. You know, and then he retreats to God and goes, oh, these people. And God says this to him, don't stress, mate. They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. And Samuel goes, okay. And he just says, here's your king. Like this guy. He just, he just all of that title and position and, and his whole identity potentially could have been in the role that he had, but it wasn't. It was, it was in his relationship with God, and he just goes, okay. It's just humility. Um, humility meaning not like, oh, I'm not good enough, but humility meaning I know who I am, and I know who God is, and I've got that in the right place um, in my life. So here's his sign-off speech. I've served as your leader from the time I was a boy to this very day. Now testify against me in the presence of the Lord and before his anointed one. I'm talking about the anointed king, Saul. Before his anointed one. Whose ox or donkey have I stolen? Have I ever cheated um, any of you? Have I ever oppressed you? Have, have I ever taken a bribe and perverted justice? Tell me and I will make right whatever I've done wrong. No, they replied, you have never cheated or oppressed us and you've never even taken a single bribe. The Lord and his anointed are my witnesses today, Samuel declares, that my hands are clean. Yes, he's a witness. I wonder which he they're talking about there. Yes, he is a witness, they said. Okay, you've heard some prime ministers deliver their kind of, you know, I've been a great prime minister but it's time for me to step down speeches or presidents, or other world leaders. And what you frequently hear is a list of, here's what's been achieved in the time that I've been in tenure here. Yeah? You hear that? You expect to hear something from Samuel like, remember it was a mess, and then I came, and now it's not a mess? Did you pick that up? Do you remember that we used to have fighting with our enemies, but we've subdued them? You remember that, that, uh, that we didn't have any kind of law and everyone just did whatever they wanted, but I have traveled all around the country my whole life making sure fairness and justice come to everyone. Can you see what's been achieved in Israel in my time as a leader here? He doesn't even, he doesn't even go there. What does he go to? Haven't I treated you well? Like, is it integrity? Are my hands clean? He pushes it even further. If I've wronged you, tell me and I'll fix it. Like even now, even when you've deposed me, even when you're kicking me out, if there's something that I've done that has hurt you, tell me 
Because I, I wanna I wanna fix this is the heart of Samuel. But it's, it's not just that he's saying this is about me. He's building a, a platform here to be able to say the thing that he really wants to say to Israel. But this is his platform. This integrity that he has as a child of God, as a servant of God. And they affirm that. Yes, he's a witness. Now let me say something to us here. If you lead anything, this is to me and to you, if you lead anything, you learn something from this. What you achieve, what you achieve is not important. How you treat people is everything. And I know that some of you are looking at me going, you hypocrite, fair dinkum. I know how you treated me or how you treated that friend of mine or I know how you, and I know what you, you know. And I go, of course, right, we're broken people. But I want this as my heart, you know, to have clean hands. And I want you to have this as your heart, if you influence anything, to have clean hands. And shouldn't we all just say, tell me if I've wronged you, because I don't want, that's not my heart. I don't want, I don't want to do that. I don't want anything in the way of what God wants to do through me to you. I want you to, I want you to receive um, Jesus, and I want you to want that for the people that you influence and that you lead, whether it's in your family or your workplace or the broader community. That way... Um, and kids and teenagers, let me say this to you. If you want that, you've got to start now. Because this kind of short accounts thing, where you hold yourself accountable for the way that you treat other people, you don't just kind of pick it up when you get to 35 years old. This is the habits that you build into your life at, a very, at an early stage. So just get, just get good quickly at holding short accounts and, and making sure... Um, that you're treating people well. It's an integrity. It's critical for leaders. So Samuel establishes his credentials. Um, I've got clean hands. He says, now remember though, verse 6, this is what he really wants to say. It was the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron. Samuel continued, he brought your ancestors out of the land of Egypt. Now stand here quietly before the Lord as I remind you of all the great things the Lord has done for you and your ancestors. There's a little bit of grump in this. We want a king. He's like, and God says, give him a king. He's like, haven't haven't I treated you well? Now listen, now listen. It was the Lord. Stand here quietly, as I remind you. When all the Israelites were in Egypt and cried out to the Lord, he sent Moses and Aaron to rescue them from Egypt and to bring them into this land. But the people soon forgot about the Lord their God, so he handed them over to Sisera, the commander of Hazor's army, and also to the Philistines and to the king of Moab, who fought against them. Then they cried to the Lord again and confessed, We have sinned, turning away from the Lord and worshipping the images of Baal and Ashtoreth. But we will worship you alone if you will rescue us from our enemies 
Then the Lord sent Gideon, Bedan, Jephthah, Samuel to save you. By the way, Bedan is only mentioned here, so I don't know. There must have been another kind of little local hero under God's name in Israel that we didn't hear about in the Judges. But Then the Lord sent Gideon, Bedan, Jephthah and Samuel to save you and you lived in safety. Notice where Samuel puts himself in this um, litany. I am one of those whom the Lord has sent to save you. I am, not, I am not better than my predecessors. I am not more than any other person that God um, uses in this space. I'm just one in a chain of people that the Lord has given you so that you could uh, be saved. No way. But, but when you were afraid of Nahash, into the present now, the king of Ammon, you came to me and said that you wanted a king to reign over you, even though the Lord your God was already your king. All right, here's the king you've chosen. You asked for him, and the Lord has granted your request. Now, here's the, here's the rub of what he wants to say. Now, if you fear and worship the Lord and listen to his voice, and if you do not rebel against the Lord's commands, then both you and your king will show that you recognize the Lord as your God. But if you rebel against the Lord's commands and refuse to listen to him, then his hand will be as heavy upon you as it was upon your ancestors. <laughs> this is strong from Samuel. The Lord is your God. Every good thing you have is from him. He provided for you. He's led you. He's all your future and your hope. Your king will do you no good unless you acknowledge this and he acknowledges this. And Samuel thinks here, words alone will not help. I need some sort of reminder for these fickle people. So he says, now stand here and see the great thing the Lord is about to do. You know that it does not rain at this time of the year during the wheat harvest. I will ask the Lord to send thunder and rain today. Then you'll realize how wicked you've been in asking the Lord for a king. How did you feel making that speech? Wait here, I'm just going to ask God to make it thunder and rain in the dry season. So Samuel called to the Lord and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day and all the people were terrified of the Lord and of Samuel. Listen to their response. Pray to the Lord your God for us or we will die. They all said to Samuel, for now we have added to our sins by asking for a king. Don't be afraid, Samuel reassured them. You have certainly done wrong. But now, but make sure now that you worship the Lord with all your heart. Don't turn your back on him. Don't go back to worshiping worthless idols that can't help or rescue you. They are totally useless. The Lord will not abandon his people because that would dishonor his great name. For it has pleased the Lord to make you his very own people. You see, they say, please pray to the Lord your God for us. Where are they placing God there? These are the people of God. They've been led by Samuel for all of these years. They've asked for a king. He said, God is your God. He's led you. He's, he's, he's been your champion and your leader and your provider all these years. All these years it's been God. It hasn't even been me. It's just been God. And just lately it's been through me, but it's all God. And they say, oh, please pray to your God. So Samuel says, don't be afraid. You're certainly drawn down. Now, make sure now that you, you worship the Lord with all your heart. 
Don't you turn your back on him. Sometimes we, 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 uh, we still do this, and I do this, and I know that you do this. When we think about faith and about how we're doing in this life and about, about how Christian we are and how, how much we follow Jesus, and we think, I've got a great church. Or we think, I've got, I've got good people around me that way, or, or I get great teaching, or, or I've got good pedagogy. My parents were fantastic um, Christians. Or We still have those thoughts that like, I'm in this beautiful kind of space. I go to this school, I go to this church, and, and I've got all this stuff rubbing off on me, and I'm just so blessed to have all these beautiful things um, coming at me that way. And Samuel and the Holy Spirit would say to us this morning, it's your faith. It's just you. Because we will all stand before God one day and there'll be, I won't not have my wife with me or my kids with me or my pastor with me or anyone else around me. There'll be just me and God and everything that he's provided for me because all of this, all of this opportunity that we have to learn and to grow and all these peers we have and all this teaching we have and, and, and the Bible in our hands, and the prayer that, we're, you know, that we get to, go, to pray with other people, all these things, all they are is an opportunity for your faith, for your walk with God, so that you worship Him with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind, and so you don't turn your back on Him. You can feel this appeal from Samuel to the nation. Not my God, our God, your God. You think you're safe because you're in this nation that God chose? You're not. It's a platform. It's, a, it's an opportunity. It's an invitation for you to worship the Lord with all your heart. You think you're safe because you're in a church? You're not. You've just got more opportunity to worship the Lord with all of your heart. And don't turn your back on Him. And turn away from useless idols. You know why Israel wanted a king? Because they wanted to be like all the other nations around them. They wanted the security of going, uh, us too. But well, we've got that too. So you don't, have to, you don't have to extrapolate this too much to understand what the kings are for us. God, I want a, I want a, I want a king. We want a king. What is that? We want to be like, like the people around us that look safe and secure and successful. And let me just name a few of these things for us. Maybe one will do. No, you can do that. Otherwise, you're going to pick on me. I'll let the Holy Spirit kind of land that in your soul. When you think, God, yes, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, God, we, thank you. I'm glad that we have you. I just, I just also want this. I just also need that to feel secure about tomorrow. Or to, or to feel, you know, the, the kind of comfort that I, that I would like to have in my life. God, um, can, I have a, can I have a king? And God says, yeah, give him a king. But he says, if you, 
If you don't, oh, hang on, we'll get to that. He's still going, Samuel. Here we go. Um, yep, he says, As for me, I'll certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you, and I'll continue to teach you what is good and right. There's so much in this that just goes, Samuel, you're a fantastic leader. I want to be like you. You get this kind of sense that he's just gone, uh, all right, he's dropped it. Um, and now he's telling them about God and he says, I'm not going to sin by stopping praying for you and I'm going to teach you and I'm going to be for you and I'm going to be behind you and I'm going to uplift you and I'm going to help you even though you don't want me. Um, but then he says, but be sure to fear the Lord and, serve, and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he's done for you, but if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. Is that dismissive? God is about the place of the king in people's hearts. I just want to say to myself and to you, Community Church Warrigal, whatever your king is, if you continue to sin, you and your king will be swept away. This is this naked appeal from Samuel to the nation. Oh, guys, look at what God has done. Like, what has he done? Look at the provision that God has made for you. Look at the platform that he's given you. Look at the teaching that comes to you. Look at the support that's around you. Now drop your worthless idols. Just let them go. And, and don't look to your kings for support around you. Look to God and worship him with all of your heart. Because otherwise, you and your king will be swept away. When I was in India, I had that, I spoke about, about this last week. I was reminded how simple and how powerful the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Because we mistake in the West a little bit, we can mistake maturity for complexity. And it's not so. Jesus Christ died on a cross to save us, to redeem us, to reconcile us with God so that we could be in relationship with God now. But this whole thing is about your connection with God right now that goes on into eternity. You take into eternity your connection with God now. If, if you don't like Jesus very much now, you're not going to enjoy heaven very much because that's what it is. It's, it's that kind of fulfillment of that oneness with God and that connection with Him and it's offered to us now and it's the only hope for eternity and it's just you and God. So how are you doing? Just in the, in the moments with God, in the connection with God, in the intimacy with God.
We're going to sing a song to finish. Uh, Living Hope, it's a beautiful song, and it's a, it's a chance and an opportunity for all of us to find that place, either to reaffirm it and go, yes, Jesus, I'm, I'm in this intimate walk with you and I love it. Thank you for this life that you give to me and just celebrate that, but it's a chance for however far you've drifted from that or however, however, however um, broken you are in that space, however separated you feel from God, in this moment, in your heart, if you just say, God, I want to reconnect with you like that. I want that life with you. I want that vibrancy in my relationship with you. I want that intimacy in my walk with you. God, then you affirm that in your heart as we sing this song. We'll respond to God that way together. Amen.